0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: And then at one point I was just like, I think I want to write. So I went, I, <laughs> met, I met with somebody um, who, you know, believed in me. And I was just like, hey, I think I want to write. And immediately, like, she stopped our meeting and brought me to her boss and was like, Grady's a writer. I was not a writer. And <laughs> she, she like believed in me before I believed in yeah. myself. So I basically started writing short like short pieces for ESPNW while I was working my business job and um, you know that's all because of uh, you know somebody just believing in me and seeing that I, I had you know I was passionate about storytelling um, even though I didn't have a journalism degree mm-hmm. um, she kind of just you know just kind of pushed me.
0: Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today I'm joined by Grady Diaz. Grady, thanks for joining the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: How has everything been for you these last few months?
1: I'm pretty good. I've kind of been moving around a bit. Um, I was in New York the last few weeks. Now I'm in LA mm-hmm. and I'm going back to New York. So kind of just hopping around.
0: Uh, that's a good thing I mean especially considering how the world has been for the last year and a half or almost I don't even know we're getting close to two years I'm sure it's nice to be to be back on the road a little bit
1: oh for sure I mean I love traveling and you know just seeing my friends and my friends just so happen to be all over the place so it's really nice to catch up with everyone
0: can you introduce yourself a little bit to some of the listeners that might not be familiar with you
1: Sure. My name is Grady Diaz. Um, I'm a freelance journalist. Some of my work has been on ESPN.com. ESPN's the undefeated sports illustrated. I do a lot of work for FIBA. Um, So my work has kind of taken me around the world a bit, um, which I love because I'm a a huge traveler. I've lived in China. I've lived in Barcelona. I've lived in Nicaragua. So um, yeah, no, I'm just having a lot of fun right now.
0: Is there a reason that you're a freelancer? Have you thought about you know, joining a network or is there something about that freedom of being able to kind of do and and move as you please and then kind of just find the right outlet for each story? Is there something to that?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm really enjoying freelancing right now because I do get that freedom, you know, building my own schedule, uh, taking on projects that I actually am passionate about. So there's definitely pros and cons to it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, of course, like if an opportunity pops up to be in-house somewhere. You know, I would probably take it, of course, um, because freelancing is a grind, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's been really good to me. I've been very lucky, but I've also it takes a lot of work. So, you know, a lot of like connecting with people, a lot of, Mm. you know, just emailing and following up. There's (laughs) just a lot of back work that people have no idea, you know, even goes on to kind of get these gigs. Um, Yeah, sometimes in these gigs that I do, like aren't listed. You know, so you kind of have to know somebody or, you know, introduce yourself to somebody. So it's it's kind of difficult, but um, I've, I've been making it work for now.
0: That's interesting. So take us through what you mean by that listed. So is, is there somewhere that journalists who are freelance journalists know to go look for stories that, that these outlets kind of maybe say, hey, we're looking for something in this vein and kind of go make it happen? Is that how it works or take us through so,
1: um for me uh because i I've, I've built a lot of connections um with many of these platforms i now just go to them and i'll pitch them an idea i mean but there are also times where they'll come to me and say hey you know i have this tournament coming up in puerto rico are you available um yeah i'm available i'm gonna do it but um yeah so a lot of jobs like on air especially like aren't necessarily listed all the time like sure you might find some on linkedin or indeed but um mm. they don't tend to be listed um, because I feel like many networks will go through agencies uh, to find talent. So um yeah, it's it's really interesting, like navigating it all. And yeah, this is also my second career. So um I was doing something else beforehand.
0: What were you doing before?
1: Uh, so my first job out of college was actually at ESPN, but I was on the business side. So Mm. I did that for about three and a half years. I was on business. I was in business operations and I realized I didn't like it. You know, I felt like I was doing the same thing every day. I felt like I wasn't challenged. So I made it a point to meet with people all over the company within those three and a half years. Um, and then at one point I was just like, I think I want to write. So I went, I (laughs) met, I met with somebody um, who, you know, believed in me. And I was just like, hey, I think I want to write. And immediately, like, she stopped our meeting and brought me to her boss and was like, Grady's a writer. I was not a writer. And she, <laughs> like, believed in me before I believed in yeah. myself. So I basically started writing short, like, short pieces for ESPNW while I was working my business job. And, um, you know, that's all because of, uh, you know, somebody just believing in me and seeing that I I had, you know, I was passionate about storytelling, um, even though I didn't have a journalism degree. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of just, you know, just kind of pushed me. And, um, you know, from there, I, I decided to leave ESPN on my own. And I decided to quit my job. I was just like, if I don't leave and bet on myself, then I'm going to miss so many opportunities. But before I left ESPN, I went to ESPN, the undefeated. Uh-huh. And I said, Hey, I'm going to leave my job. But can you guys still pay for do <laughs> work for you? Can I still pitch you guys stuff? And they were like, of course, Grady, we love you. We love your work. So it all kind of worked out. So I left ESPN and like, they still were paying me in another way. So it it, like it all has worked out, but it all hasn't been easy either.
0: What do you think it was when you look back on it that gave you the courage to walk away from that that job, that business job, and move into this new stage of your life where you had no prior experience?
1: Um, I would say I have never liked the idea of feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like, you know, people always talk about, you know, potentially being like not happy in your job. And I just couldn't see that for myself. And I, I've always been super ambitious. Like, you know, I, I don't necessarily follow the crowd. I've never been one to do, you know, everything that everybody else is doing. I kind of want to do things my own way. And I just felt like if I don't bet on myself now in my early twenties, like I don't have kids, I don't have any major responsibilities. I just have to take care of myself. I'm living on my own. I'm good. Like if I don't do it now, like when will I ever do it? You know, this is the maybe easiest time for me to do it. And I feel like people can, you know, change careers at any point, but that was just like, t- to me that it was a no brainer. And, you know, it was, it was scary a little bit. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to jump into freelance thing. Like I'm going from, you know, a steady paycheck to, yeah, who job job. yeah. who uh, knows, but it worked out, you know, I just, I worked really hard and um, I made sure to just, you know, meet a lot of people along the way throughout these years and, you know, really form, um, special relationships and real relationships, because like that will take you so far, you know, and people can always tell it's genuine.
0: And not that there's a cheat code to this. And I don't expect you to have like an answer that kind of someone can just listen to this and, and follow along and, and just, you know, craft a perfect, uh, you know, journey through journalism and and working with NBA players, WNBA players, and all kind all kinds of talents, basketball talents. But in your mind, What was it about those relationships? Like, how did you go about approaching those relationships with those people? Because I know they're very particular. They're very careful about the people they let into their world and the things that they share with them. So in your experience, how did you build up those relationships and get to the point where those people trusted you?
1: So first thing, um, just growing up, my mom always taught me to you know, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, you shake their hand, like firmly, you look them in the eye, you know, tell them who you are. Mm -hmm. And that kind of shows strength, you know, that like, not everybody has that courage to just go up to somebody who's a superstar and be like, hey, I'm Grady Diaz, but yeah, I would do it. And I think, you know, players respect that. But um, also, I would take time to ask them, you know, just questions about their lives, like, just questions that like, weren't necessarily about the game. Like I, I wanted to show them that I was interested in who they were as a person. And a lot of my storytelling, like, yeah, I'll do, you know, previews to games and game recaps and all that. But like, what I really love to do is, is like talk about, you know, the whole person. Um, and, you know, people forget that these athletes are like our humans are just like us, you know, like they cry like us, they laugh like us. Um, so I always, I always try to like remember like that human element and like mm-hmm. just they're people, you know, they, like we're all people and people like they know when you're being genuine. So I always tried to like, I never tried to do too much. I was just like, you know, introduce myself and I always made sure that I was around. So, you know, whether they had an event after a game or um, a charity event, um, i just i I would pop up you know just so they they could see that i'm this is my job, this is my profession, this is what i'm passionate about, and i'm gonna follow you throughout the entire way and um and yeah. it's been really cool to you know kind of see players like you know respond to me and um and really respect me
0: yeah, no, that's amazing, and I think what you said is super important, you know treating them like people because they are people, and I think there's this when we watch them on screens, a lot of people get carried away with thinking that, you know, they are superstars. So they expect them to be a certain way. Um, And in reality, they're just normal human beings that have ambitions, they have families, they have things that they want to achieve in life. And, you know, they got to get through the day as well. So I think that being able to keep that perspective is definitely super important in your role. I mean, clearly that's worked for you. But I wanted to ask was, journalism, something you were always kind of interested in the back, in the back of your mind, like even when you were in college, or was this just you one day you're working and you're just like, I want to tell stories.
1: Yeah. It, um, you know, I studied international business in college. I thought I was going to work for a multinational corporation like a Coca-Cola, live and work abroad, you know, raise kids abroad and all that. And, um, you know, after college, I mean, ESPN came to me and they offered me this business job. I hadn't even applied and they reached out to me, but I never really thought I like I, I've i always loved sports. Like I was a yeah um, I've always followed basketball my whole life. Like I was the girl who thought I was going to be a WNBA player, like 10 year old grade yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted to be a WNBA player. And now I get to cover them, which is like crazy to me, but, um, no, I never, I never really explored journalism. I never studied it. Like I, it wasn't really on my radar. I kind of just fell into it because I was curious. I'm a very, mm-hmm. like, I love to learn. Um, and I'm just a curious person. I was like, I want to be challenged too. So I knew that writing would be a challenge, which is, you know, how I started. Um, and I still do some writing, but I do a little bit more on camera stuff now, but yeah, I had no idea. And I feel like sometimes you don't know what you like or what you're interested in until you try different things. And I always tell young people like try different things and it's okay to not like something and it's okay to, to walk away. You know what I mean? Like, do No, totally.
0: You so once you decided that was what you were going to do and you started writing, you know, I think, what you're saying is you, you learn by, air, you know, trial and error. You learn by making mistakes, falling on your face because it's how you respond. How did you respond? Like, how did you go about improving, getting better, um, you know, really honing your craft and growing into the person that you are today?
1: So I like would find different people who I admired in the space um, on camera and writing like a Jamel Hill, for instance, like mm-hmm. she started off writing like that's her bread and butter. Um, I know she does so many other things now, uh, but I would find people who I really, you know, like their work. And I would say, okay, like, how are they for how are they forming sentences? How are they starting? How are they ending? Like, I literally had no idea how to do this, how to do any of it. So I was literally like it was trial and error for me. And I was very lucky to have, you know, editors um, and still have editors who, you know, will work with me and, you know, will literally like teach me things. And I've, I've learned so much, like thinking back to like four or five years ago when I, you know, kind of started this journey, man, I've improved so much. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of the work that I've done, but it hasn't been easy. And, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I don't have the journalism background. Writing was never my strong point ever, but um, you know, it's one of those things where the more you do the better. So, you know, reps.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's funny because like you're saying it was never your strong suit. But it was the thing that you chose to pursue anyways which is kind of counterintuitive to most people they would think if this is what i'm good at i'm just going to do it but i think for you it's the challenge right like you wanted that challenge okay i know i'm this isn't my strongest ability i have to go work on it i have to make it something that i push myself to do Um, what was that like was that scary like you're now changing your whole career. Of course, and you're,
1: every time I turned in, yeah. you know, a story to my editor, I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's about to chop rip me apart." My whole thing up, but she was very patient with me, and like, you know, at times I would rewrite, you know, a paragraph or two, or she would say, "Hey, can you add in like a little bit more?" Um, and that was all a challenge to me because I was like, "Oh my gosh, what?" I felt like I added <laughs> everything that I could. Like, what do yeah. you add more? But honestly, like again, like I, I've had. A really great team you know with with mm-hmm. all these platforms that i've worked for like they've really they've really worked with me and you know i really appreciate it but they know that you know i that i'm super passionate about what i do in storytelling and i've just been really fortunate honestly
0: How was it transitioning to being on camera um because i know there's another learning curve there that's again something you, you gotta get the reps in you don't know what it's like until you're doing it what was that like for you
1: um at first it was really scary um I remember You're like what do I do
0: with my hands do I put my hands yeah, on my I just, lap I just
1: like <laughs> some of my first interviews were actually like WNBA interviews and um it was kind of nerve-wracking because I didn't really know like I had good questions but you know just kind of figuring out like camera placement and just all the technicalities that go along with being on camera like there's so much you know that goes into a video that you know I didn't really know you know editing process everything. Um, so for me, it was definitely a learning curve and I've learned so much and I'm still learning. Like I've, I've learned to, you know, edit some of my own things, which I do. And luckily with like FIBA, they'll like, all I have to do is, you know, talk and they'll edit, they'll have, they have a whole team for me, but, um, you know, I've had to learn a lot about, you know, on camera about, you know, just how to, you know, slow down a bit and, um, how to ask follow-up questions. Like, oh, I've, I've had to learn and I'm still learning. And that's it's a, a challenge. It's a challenge. It's not easy. And the thing is, everybody who you interview, like everybody's different. You know, some people are going to open up to you. Some people might take a little longer. So you have to learn how to navigate with whoever mm-hmm. it is that you're, that you're speaking to.
0: That's um, actually a really interesting point and something that when I started doing this, you know, I have no background doing interviews or podcasts or any of that stuff. Um, something I kind of struggled with at first was trying to build out kind of a a, a guide, right, questions, uh, some sort of structured interview, and then knowing when to, to let it go naturally and, and see where it goes and just ask those follow-up questions. And you know, I think that's such a hard thing to know how to do. You kind of just have to feel it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, was that something that you kind of experienced too, where you would go into interviews at first, maybe thinking, all right, this is, I got it nailed. I got all these good questions. This is how it's going to go. And then found yourself kind of like in in deep water like oh god just just keep going keep going
1: oh for sure and that was something that i definitely had to learn early on was that you know you might have 10 questions but you might not be able to ask all 10 because they might you know whoever you're interviewing might take so long just mm-hmm. you know answering but um yeah i mean i've had to learn a lot in terms of like <laughs> especially following up and um you know i'm still working on it honestly
0: You got it. You got it. Um, I wanted to ask, are there, when you look back at some of the work that you've now done, your body of work, do you have projects that stick out in your mind as either, you know, ones that were super challenging to you that you worked your way through um, that you'd like to share or anything that you just remember was super exciting for you to be able to work on?
1: Yeah. So one of my, one of my favorite um, projects that I worked on actually this past June, I got the chance to interview a Dominican national team player who um, is a woman, and I actually grew up playing basketball with her. She's a little younger than me, so she's kind of like a little sister to me. Yeah. But she, she plays on the Dominican national team, and um, so I got to you know go to our you know our hometown and you know kind of just walk through like her day and as she prepped for America Cup in Puerto Rico. So that was super cool because I. In addition to being on camera, I also got to help produce it, which was really cool. Like, I love mm-hmm. to be involved in the entire the whole, aspect the whole process. of, like, yeah, yeah I, I like to be involved. Um, and so I got to, to really like, you know, really be a big part of that. And it was really well, like people really liked mm-hmm. it, um, which, you know, makes you feel good, you know, when yeah. people as a whole, when they put it on their YouTube channel, um, that really felt good you know it felt like okay i'm, I'm doing something good I'm, I'm doing the right thing so yeah. that was definitely one of my favorite projects because again like i hooped with her growing up and just to kind of see you know what she's been able to do and you know to be on the, the dominican national yeah. team um is such is such an accomplishment where, where
0: did you grow up by the way sorry we didn't even get into that so
1: i i actually grew up um about 30 minutes from boston okay so- yeah, so I'm from Massachusetts, um, but I spent my high school years going to boarding school in New Hampshire. So um, yeah, I feel like, I kind of feel like I've lived away since I was 14.
0: Yeah, it's a frozen tundra out there. I don't know how you guys do that. And now you're in California.
1: Now I'm in California, California where it's sunny every day. This Every is, day. This is unreal.
0: I know. You've come a long way. <laughs> I
1: You've know. You've come a
0: long way. Um, but I wanted to ask... Um, Did you have an assignment where you were like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm working with this player. Like this is somebody that I've always watched, always been a fan of. And now I have the chance to interview them. Does that ever happen for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, just all the times that I've been able to be in locker rooms has Mm -hmm. always like, it's always like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, like I have been in the Wizards locker rooms for the past few seasons and um, obviously pre-COVID and just every time you walk into the Wizards locker room, you're just like, oh shoot, I'm in the locker room and I'm one of the only like,
0: one of yeah, the only, group
1: women, which is kind of crazy sometimes.
0: What is that like for you? Yeah. What is that like to navigate? You know, at
1: first I was like, at first I thought it was super just odd, but then I was just like, this is a male dominated industry. And you know what, like, instead of being like, oh, this is odd, this is weird. Like use this to your advantage. Like I definitely do. And, um, you know, I mean, guys are so used to talking to guys. So when they see a girl, they're like, Oh, a girl. What is she gonna ask? Who knows. So I think like yeah. um, it's always just a little interesting when it's just somebody else asking a question. And I was, you know, a new face. But I mean, just to be in the locker rooms, like whether I'm in Boston, the Celtics locker room, which has been super cool. But one one project that I really that was really cool actually was um, America in February in Puerto Rico. I got to interview Isaiah Thomas and actually Joe Johnson, oh, wow. but. Um, I mean, I had interviewed Isaiah before, but you know, he, he has been working on his comeback. So just to kind of see him there and his thing was, was really cool. And to talk to him there, I think was, was awesome.
0: Yeah. He's had such a crazy story. His journey is, and it's not done. I mean, it looks like he'll make his way back. It looks like he might end up on a team this year. And I don't know, just after everything he's been through, I'm, I'm rooting for that. So that must've been a really cool opportunity to speak with him. But I wanted to also ask, I feel like you have this this serious appreciation for the business of the sport. And like you're saying, being in the locker room is really cool because, you know, you're, you're really close to the game. Um, you can kind of see it from all the angles of the business aspect, but also from a fan and being so close to the players and all of that. Did you always look at basketball kind of as a business and as entertainment? Because I think I think a lot of people, you know, don't cross over into the business side. They really stay. oh, this is entertaining. This is a sport. Um, Is that something that kind of always was in the back of your mind as you watched it?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, just somebody who studied business, like how could like for me, it's like, how can I not look at this as a business? And, you know, when people feel some type of way about their player leaving, you know, whatever city, I'm just like, you know, this is a business, right? Like everything is a business decision. So I'm all for players, you know, making decisions that best suit them you know, yeah. and that best protect them. So yeah, for sure. I've always looked at it as a business. And um, yeah, I mean, how can I not? I mean, I just, <laughs> I just, no, background.
0: I'm with you. I went to school and I studied sports management and um, in New York. And so it ruined, you know, I always kind of had that inclination with sports. Like I always kind of looked at where the, the sponsorships were in the arena or like, you know, how, thought about how much it costs to do all these different things. But then going to school and you're actually like, seeing, you know, sport was a sports business journal, and it has all these, these stats and things that you didn't know were out there. And you're really like, Oh, wow, someone spent that much just to have, you know, concessions stands and or to build this out kind of just changes your whole outlook on it. And you're no longer able to just kind of relax and watch what's happening on the court. So I definitely understand that, uh, that dilemma.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the first three and a half years of my actual career, on the business side, like, I was focusing on, um, you know, commercials for all of ESPN's international mm-hmm. networks. So I would see how much Coca-Cola, how much Nike was spending for, you know, an ad in the NBA finals or whatever yeah. it might've been. And I was like, oh my this God, is crazy. but, yeah. but I also had to make sure we had all the elements, you know, all the videos and just all the placements. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is business, <laughs> all the business.
0: It's a lot. And it's funny because then you think about all the people that are just fast forwarding or like pausing because they don't want to watch the commercials. And you're like, man, I'm doing all this work. And nobody, nobody I I mean, maybe you know people who are different, but nobody I know wants to watch the commercials. Everyone's always walking away or freaking out about it. So it's funny to think about how much of a business it really is, how much money is going into that. And then a lot of people are just like, oh, it's annoying. For
1: sure. And like, I actually, nowadays, I kind of watch commercials a little bit more just because I was in one before.
0: So yeah. I well, kind of like
1: know what it's like to put in the work on, you know, working on a commercial and being in one. What so, commercial uh, were you in? So I want to say it was early, actually early on in my career, I went to an audition for A Visa Under Armour commercial. And it was basically like a woman's empowerment commercial. So there's a bunch of athletes in it. And um I basically got the role because Mm -hmm. in the audition, you had to do something with the basketball. So I I like I had a defender in front of me and I did this spin move. Uh And I guess off of that spin move, they're like, we want her. But so in the in the actual commercial. Um, they had me playing like one-on-one against like two guys, but they didn't even end up using any of that footage. They ended up using a uh, footage of me just like sweating and, and looking up. I so was like, <laughs> really? Like I had, I put in all this work for like eight yeah. hours to like and cross these dudes up and you just use me sweating, but whatever. that's, that's it. how it is.
0: No, that's how it is. Yeah. No. it How long was the shoot? Do you remember how long you were actually on set? It was
1: a full day. It was like eight hours.
0: It's so funny how that stuff happens. It, it, I, had my first experience of it where we did this project with life water and we were on set for probably like six to eight hours and we're doing like voiceover we're doing you know they put makeup on me which i wasn't super excited about they lied to me they had us do a bunch of photos video stuff i swear the video was like two seconds they posted on instagram one time and photos one time no idea where any of it it's like on their website right and that's it and you're just like, man, all that work and that's just they had us sitting there for so long doing all this stuff it's yeah. so funny how it works
1: it is it, but it the coolest really part is. was like you know it actually aired a lot during like uh like nfl playoffs or whatever and i would have a bunch of people like hit me up because i didn't tell anybody i did it but people would yeah, be like, hey, like i think i saw somebody that looked like you on this commercial was that you and i was like that was me <laughs> but so it was just super cool to see the reaction because yeah. i didn't tell anybody no,
0: that- that's amazing. I mean, yeah. that, that definitely is, it's worth it. Even if it was only two seconds of to cut out. And
1: the all, more it runs, all, the more the you get paid. So. True.
0: true. Well, there you go. So you're not <laughs> mad at it. It works out. Right. Um, it works out. Well, I wanted to ask you if you have any, you know, goals for the future outside of what you're already doing, things that you maybe want to start or, you know, other businesses that you're interested in doing, because clearly I, I don't think you're, you're going to stop right here. I think you have a lot more to do.
1: See, you know, I feel like, you know, me already. <laughs> um, but yeah, so recently, um, probably in like the past year or so, this idea of being involved with sp- sports documentaries um, mm-hmm. really has just kind of infiltrated my mind to a point where I've started to tell people like, hey, I think I'm interested in like, you know, shadowing documentaries or just being involved in the process. Um yeah. So I've kind of been putting that out there because, I mean, I've learned that you don't need to just do one thing. And the person that always comes to mind when I think about, you know, your portfolio and just like being involved in different things, is like a Jamel Hill. She has her own production company. She writes for, she writes, she has a podcast, she has a show. Like she has all. She left different-
0: ESPN, right? She left yes. ESPN a little while ago. Okay.
1: ESPN yeah. And her world just like became yeah. even bigger. And like, to see that was just super inspiring. And it just made me realize that you can do many things. Like you don't just have to do one thing for the rest of your life. Like you can do multiple things. So when I see somebody like her, I'm like, if she could do all these things, like, why can't I? And to see somebody, you know, a woman of color doing all these awesome things and still being herself Mm -hmm. um, unapologetically is just, just awesome. You know, I don't feel like I see that a lot. So to see that, um, you know, I'm just like, I want to, I want to be like that, but in my own way, I want to mm. be like that in my own way. So it's
0: it's showing um, you that there's a path that you can create. For sure.
1: For and who knows? I mean, I've, I've played around with the idea of, you know, someday maybe having my own production company um, with my sister who actually just graduated law school. So mm. she kind of figure out the law, okay. law stuff, you know, we kind of but she also, she has great ideas and uh, we're constantly like just going back and forth with different ideas. So, um, you know, I'd love to get into the podcast game and again, challenge myself. Um, podcasts to me are kind of scary, yeah. but um, I feel like maybe I can do it. Are
0: you Here doing it right now? And yeah. you seem like a, you seem like a pro. So, you know, I think it's definitely something you could do easily. Um, and if you have any questions, I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm still just doing it. You just figure yeah. it out, you just keep going. Uh, that's the best way to learn. Like you said. Um, but that's kind of all I had for you today. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to get across on this episode or any questions you have for me.
1: How about you? Like, what are, what are some of the things that you want to do? Cause I know you're involved, you know, obviously yeah. with podcast with Bristol studio, yeah. like what are yeah. some of your other like ventures or things you have going on or just an <laughs> aspiration yeah. that you want to share with me?
0: I actually really love sports documentaries. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. That has been like 30 for 30s. I just watched the Malice, uh, Malice in the Palace, the Untold series. Um, I've all you know, it's something that's been in the back of my mind, and that's kind of the initial concept behind the podcast was telling stories. You know, I don't have a, a huge background in it. I studied some, you know, production, entertainment production, and and that kind of stuff in college as well, just so I could, you know, start to to pique my my interest and. and have some sort of knowledge about how to get started if I do want to make documentaries or or work in tv and film Um, and I think I've always kind of gravitated around doing that with sports and um, one of the things that I really love is you know like Isaiah Thomas like you're saying somebody that has been an underdog their whole life and doesn't get all the attention Um, maybe he's like an extreme where he has gotten a lot of attention but you know I love the stories of the people that aren't the mainstream like superstars the, the people who grind and go through the, the long road and stay on it and don't give up and get knocked down but get back up so for me that's definitely a goal of mine to find a way to to bring that to life and create content around it um, and i'm just happy that i've been able to do this so far and and bring those people on and and share stories and hopefully share inspiration with people um, to go out and kind of do what you're doing you know figure it out you're not going to have it perfectly figured out but you're going to at least try and um, always try to get better every day so that is definitely something that we have in common the, the sports documentaries I think are really incredible impactful and they really translate outside of sports definitely. which I think is rare yeah. um, the podcast is new again you know something that I'm just figuring out every day uh, the, with the brand we're constantly looking at ways to grow it and you know create opportunity for others so we're really working on going around the world and finding ways to create impactful moments in communities around basketball. So hopefully having an AAU team soon, uh, hopefully, you know, building out courts and places uh, really creating, you know, moments and and touch points for the brand, but also impacting people's lives and in a, you know, in a healthy way. So it's a lot, it's a lot, but you know, we're taking it one day at a time.
1: Absolutely. And like, you're doing everything right now to like lay groundwork for, you know, whatever it is that you will, you know, continue to do or end up doing. And um, that's awesome. I think obviously this, you're starting, you're, you know, starting with this podcast, like, yeah. you never know what it can lead to. Like,
0: it's exactly.
1: amazing. You know, the, the the possibilities are are endless, honestly. So.
0: Exactly. And we so we'll might collapse
1: someday too. Who knows? Yeah, no, let's do it. Me. Let's
0: do it. We're I'm collabing right
1: now, but <laughs> I know.
0: It's just part well, this is the, we're starting now and then, you know, it'll keep expanding and evolving, but I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and uh, sharing your story with us.
1: I so, know. Thank you for having me and I'm always available for you.
0: Appreciate it. Looking forward to having you back on. And if you need any recommendations while you're in LA, let me know.
1: Okay. I definitely will. Thank you.
0: All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio, sound editing by Rashad Allen, music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.